0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 686. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 41. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. This is one of the key chapters in Genesis, especially in the story of Joseph because we get to see the first part of God's plan of why all these things have happened to Joseph. Remember, Joseph was the favorite of his father, given a fancy coat, had dreams that said that his father and brothers would bow down to him. His father and brothers got mad at him. His brothers sold him into slavery. He was blessed as he was a slave in the house of Potiphar until Potiphar's wife came on to him and he would not sleep with her and so he was accused of attacking her which he did not and thrown into prison and then in prison he had was able to interpret the dreams of the pharaoh's cupbearer and of his baker and then The baker was killed. The cupbearer went back to his position but forgot all about Joseph. And so he left Joseph in prison, favored by God. Everything he touches benefits, but he's in prison as a slave. And here's what happens next. Pharaoh's dreams. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed upon the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning his mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then his chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, "'Today I am reminded of my shortcomings.'" Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard, He told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. The things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he was shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed upon the reeds. After them seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean and ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before." Then I woke up. In my dream, I saw seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin, and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the magicians, and none of them could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt, so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be put in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph in charge of Egypt. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. Then people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphanath paneah and gave him... Asanath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of An, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of An, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my troubles and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was a famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to feel famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere." A couple different names here to deal with. We don't get an explanation of what it was that Pharaoh named Joseph, but we do get an explanation for his two sons. Manasseh sounds like and may be derived from the Hebrew to forget, and Ephraim sounds like the Hebrew for twice fruitful. And so Joseph is in Egypt, and he finds himself 30 years old, a slave, and in a dungeon, Now, the 30 years old is interesting because the last time we were given Joseph's age was just before he was given a cloak, despised by his brothers, and sold into slavery, and he was 17. And so it appears that he has spent 13 years now as a slave We don't know how much of that time was in Potiphar's house, and we don't know how much of that time was with the Edomians before Potiphar's house, and we don't know how much of that time was in the dungeon in prison, but at least two years after he had interpreted the cupbearer's dream, he was in prison. Now, God didn't have to do it this way. God could have made Joseph born later. God could have made him become a slave, even if he wanted to go that route, Uh, much later he could have arrived at the scene and told the cupbearer's dream, and then a few days later, Pharaoh could have had his dreams, but that was not what he did. And so, for some reason that we don't know, Joseph found himself waiting, and waiting as a slave in a dungeon for this time that God was Telling him about in those dreams he had back in his family, where people are going to be bowing down to him and preparing him for this in a way, but also instigating with those dreams that this thing would come about, that he is in the right place at the right time, so that when Pharaoh has these two dreams back to back and is disturbed by them, the cupbearer goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to remind you. But now it's important that you know, I know a guy. I know a guy who can interpret dreams. Now, it's interesting that one thing that's interesting about this is that later on in the Old Testament, there will be dreams and the interpretation of dreams with the prophet Daniel. And the king will say, I'm not going to tell you the dream but I will, if you can tell me the dream, I'll believe your interpretation. So apparently this pharaoh has more trust of his wise men, and apparently the wise men are worthy of that trust in the sense that they don't make anything up. They say, we don't know. We can't tell you what this means. And so pharaoh is looking for someone who would know. When the cupbearer brings him this information, I know a guy. And so they get... Joseph out of the dungeon, they clean him up, they shave him, they bring him to Pharaoh, and he says, I can't do it, (laughs) which is not what you expected him to say at this moment, because if he can't do it, he's going back to the dungeon, but he says, I can't do it, I don't have interpretation of dreams, but God will give them to you. God will use me, basically, but it's not me. And we see in Joseph a humility that we may not have guessed at 13 years ago. Did he change or did we misinterpret when he was telling his brothers about his dreams as they interpreted it, he was wanting to lord over them? That This Joseph may have more humility than his brothers thought, or he may have developed over these last 13 years more humility than he had. But he interprets the pharaoh's dreams. Basically, there's seven good years coming, and then there's seven bad years coming. And here's the plan. You ought to find someone, put them in charge, collect one-fifth of the grain, store it up, and be ready. And Pharaoh and all the wise men say, that is a great plan, and you're the guy. And so Joseph gets the world's best promotion, He is now not only no longer a slave and no longer in prison, but he is second in command in Egypt. Given a wife of noble family, has two sons, runs all around the country implementing this plan of his. And sure enough, there are seven great years. And they store up so much grain that they don't have the ability to count it oceans of grain. Now, when you picture Egypt, you may picture desert, which is true. Much of Egypt is a desert. But one thing to know is in ancient times, for instance, even in the time of the Romans, which is another 2,000 years past where we are here, or 1,500 years roughly, the Egypt is the breadbasket of the Roman world. Ships full of Egyptian grain will be baked into bread in Rome. Not that there isn't desert in Egypt, but there is enough produce coming out of the valley of the Nile that it is a rich land. And so when they store up this grain, they store up a lot of grain. They are a very important source of grain for the whole region, and now they're the only ones who have it as those seven bad years come. And that will be significant in the second half of this story, which starts in the next chapter, where we get the other idea of why God did what God did and brought Joseph to Egypt. But we'll have to wait for that. For now, if you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening.